why would I go on a date with, I mean, obviously I'm in a relationship now, but why would I waste my time to just go on random dates with random dudes who don't have anything better to do? And when guys are taking you on a coffee walk date, they are interviewing you. They're dating so many women at the same time. They don't want to put in the money. They don't want to put in the effort. And if a guy cannot treat you for a $50 meal, then, I mean, if that's okay with you, then that's your life. But if you want a guy who's really going to stand up for you, who's going to be your partner, who's going to try to you know, show you that he is the man you should be with, then he should step up. Welcome back, everyone, to Diary of an Empath. So today's episode I'm super excited about. I am interviewing someone who I've been following on Instagram for a long time because she is somebody who's extremely transparent, someone who I relate to. So I know that each and every one of you is going to relate and probably have some questions along the road when we're doing this episode and, and talking about dating. So my next guest, her name is Cornelia Slensky. She's also known as Coco Beauty on Instagram. She is a makeup artist and a beauty expert who moonlights as a content creator, dating coach, and supporter of all things female empowerment. She is best known for her viral videos on dating, beauty, and high standards. So thank you so much, Coco, for coming to the show. I'm super excited to have you on. And I've been following you for a while. So like to me, it's kind of almost like surreal to see you in person, but I'm so glad that you're coming on the show. Well, I'm so happy you invited me because I've been following you for a long time too. That's exciting. And I just feel like we have a lot of things in common when it comes to the standards and dating and we have a similar view on a lot of things and it's it's nice it's going to be a nice uh, conversation absolutely and so i know that you're from croatia right yes, born so and raised. tell me about your upbringing and and how you grew up i know that you came to the states when you were fairly young so what was your upbringing like in your childhood like in croatia grew up in croatia mm -hmm. born and raised i have a small family i have a mom dad and a brother but croatia is now known for its tourism everybody's saying it's so beautiful and it's just such a glamorous country but not a lot of people know that it went through a war in 1991 so i mean i was just born that year but i feel that that mentality and people going through stuff that are very very traumatic mm -hmm. creates this mindset that like we're not going to take shit from anybody i moved to the states when i was 22 and i feel the way i was brought up and the country i'm coming from made me into who i am today and european people in general are known to when it comes to dating and relationships, it's um, they take it more serious, I think. And I'll give you a silly example. If you show up with a guy to a party, everybody's going to be like, okay, they're dating. But in the States, you can show up with a different girl every hour and people are going, oh, just one of the many. So I feel that being born and raised in Croatia, I kind of defined my viewpoint on relationships, not just with men, but also friendships. So it gave you a different viewpoint of how dating and maybe your expectations of how relationships should be. Now, were your parents, were they both around? Was your mom and dad yeah, together? Yeah, my, my mom and dad are still together. And we have I have a brother and two dogs. And I love them very much. And I feel that they gave me a really healthy view of relationships and what relationships should be. And obviously, it's not always easy. And people go through a lot of things. But they showed me what being in a partnership looks like. And I'm really grateful for that. So it was really healthy to see, you know, two parents together. And I feel like that's something that we don't see a lot of these days because I feel like the divorce rate is so high. I don't know if it's the same in Europe, but I feel like at least the statistics show in the U.S., like the divorce rates are through the roof. So we, it's very rare that you see people who are married for long periods of time and who have adult children. So that's really like a blessing that you were able to, you know, still have that healthy upbringing of your parents. I think one of the things that my parents taught me is that when you have a problem, you have to work on it and you have to try to fix it. You can try one twice three times and if you see it doesn't work it just doesn't work but you have to try to fix the problem and I feel that a lot of people today they rush into a relationship into a marriage or whatever they're rushing into and when things are going south they're like oh fuck it I don't want to deal with this anymore and right. they just go they just leave and they don't even want to try to fix it because I feel dating became so casual and people are just looking at each other as easily replaceable and mm -hmm. my entire standpoint on dating is that you should date that person that you really want to have around like you, you don't date just to date mm -hmm. because that's not fair to anyone it's just a waste of time and if you're dating the wrong person you're actually not letting yourself experience that person that you actually should be with I don't know if this made sense but 
I think you know what I mean. So you came from Croatia to New York City, right? You were 21? I was 22. 22. Yeah. Okay. So did you feel like coming from a different country into New York City, kind of going into the dating scene, was it a culture shock for you? So I was always obsessed with New York. As I was growing up, I was watching Sex and the City, Gossip Girl, Friends, and I always was, I was very into the American lifestyle. And I came here on an exchange program, and after a while, I was just, I just realized this is where I should be. When you come to a different country, you have, you have to uh, catch up on so many things. So like, I feel like my life is just starting now, because the first five years when I was, you know, just came here, you have to figure out your visa, you have to figure out your friends, you just have to rebuild your life. And it's not easy to move from the comfort of your home and your family. My parents told me a million times, you should just come back, come back. And whenever I had a problem, like in the first few years, they should just come back, just come back. I'm like, I don't want to. And I admire that because I couldn't personally picture myself going to another country and just starting my life. And then I, I would assume that it's very difficult to have to try to explain that to your family and your loved ones and be politically correct and try to explain like, this is my purpose or this is what I want to do. It's got to be difficult, especially to be away from the people that you love. I just felt like I don't belong there 100%. And I felt like I wanted to do something more. Mm -hmm. And now when I go back, I love my friends. I love my family. I love to visit as much as I can. But for what I do right now, I feel like there's this, the space is just not there yet. Mm -hmm. But I hope it will be because I see like, you know, influencer stuff is coming and people are working more in the content space. But this type of job is not respected there. So I remember mm -hmm. when I started as a makeup artist and I would come back to Croatia and I would talk to whatever random people and, there were, and I would say, like, well, I'm a makeup artist. They're like, oh, what do you do? You makeup? Like, can, do I need my mascara? They're always mocking it. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I just didn't understand, like, what, I should just what, work in an office for somebody else instead of following my dreams? Why? Like, why are you mocking somebody following somebody's dreams? I made a very difficult decision, but I'm very happy I did that because I would not be here where I am now. So you got into the makeup industry. So you started out with that. So how did you kind of transform into the platform that you are now? Because first of all, for those that are not watching the podcast, she's fucking beautiful. Oh, so you have to just at least go on YouTube or go on her Instagram and make sure you, you take a look. She's gorgeous. But so you, you got into this industry, but then I see that your platform is so much about empowerment and high maintenance. And well, people call it high maintenance, but I think it's just having standards. But the reason why I came to your platform platform is because I'm like, fuck yeah, like, exactly. I don't want a coffee date, take me to dinner. And I feel like your platform really speaks volumes to women on being authentic and women empowerment. So how did you transform from someone who was just solely being in the makeup industry to now being more of a content creator, more women empowerment and really creating this platform for women? I started being a hair model when I was 16. And I feel like that space kind of taught me how to feel and look beautiful. Because we always had makeup artists, when we always had people on set and stuff. And I saw how makeup can change the way a woman looks, whether it's in a good way or a bad way. And I noticed so many times that somebody made me feel beautiful and then somebody else would just put so much makeup that I did not like the way I looked. But I saw the power of makeup. And I was simultaneously, I was studying journalism. So that's why I always had this interest for the media space and TV and connecting to people and talking to people. I was always very into, you know, sharing. I actually had a blog when I was 16 too. So I was always that friend in the friend group who would pretty much tell you all the things that I'm saying online now. Mm -hmm. It's just Instagram before was very superficial and everybody was just sharing like their perfect selfies and bikini pics. And with the pandemic, I felt like it was just not appropriate to talk about makeup artists. I mean, it was just not appropriate to talk about a winged liner or it was just like, what? It was confusing. Mm -hmm. And then... Pretty much the entire 2020, I was confused, like most of people. And then beginning of 2021, I moved to Miami because I just realized the New York started opening up a little by the end of the year. And then a lot of these production houses were flying me to Miami to work on makeup, like on sets and stuff. And I was just thinking, what am I even doing in New York? It's winter and I, I'm not getting you can't any... can't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, what, what am I... I can just move to Miami. Why not? Like, I, I don't have kids. I'm not married. Like, why not? So I moved to Miami and that's when Reels and TikTok started like really blowing up tiktok was blowing up also the entire pandemic but it was just mostly people making banana bread which i was not making but and no one can go anywhere yeah. so people were watching and listening so when i moved to miami i started posting these random videos about things that we should knew before i moved to miami and i was posting them on tiktok and i was sharing it to my instagram and a lot of people were 
very surprised with them, but in a good way. They were just saying, wow, I never thought that you had a sense of humor or I never thought you were funny or I never thought that you had something to say. Everybody just thought I was whatever, a blondie walking around. And one thing after another, I started just, just saying all the things that is on my mind. Because at that point, I was just like, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say whatever I want to say. But before, I was really, really concerned about what people think about me. And I don't know what happened, but when I turned 30, I just did not care anymore what people think about me. And I didn't care if somebody has something negative to say. If somebody whose career I admire or something tells me something about my content, I should change. I would maybe change it. But if my friends tell me that I shouldn't post this dating advice, I'm like, okay, so let me see your videos. Let me see what you're sharing. So if you are not ready to be out there and share your story, don't tell me that I should not share mine. So it's just like I just started posting like random stuff about dating. And I saw that a lot of people resonated with that. And there's a lot of women who don't have a friend they can talk to. People are judging each other. They don't have friends who are... It's just very hard to find advice that resonates with you. And authentic advice. Because everybody's got that friend like, yeah, fuck him. You don't need that shit. But it's very rare that you find someone in your life that can give you real authentic advice. And I feel like that's why so many people resonate with your platform. I know that's why I did because I remember those reels about the Miami. And I remember just listening to some of the reels on dating, especially there was one in particular that you went viral and you said... I don't do coffee dates. I'm not a dog to be walked. And I'm just like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> finally, someone gets it. Like, I, like you need to take me out. And I just remember feeling like somebody finally understands, you know, I'm not too much. I'm not asking for too much. And this is somebody who actually gets it. So I think that's why so many people relate to your platform. So I love that you just kind of said, fuck it. I'm going to be authentic. And if you follow me, you follow me. And if you don't, you don't. Because your platform is so great when it comes to dating and female empowerment. I know people who are listening are asking about this What Would Coco Do segment. Mm -hmm. So for those that are new to Coco's platform, she does this segment called What Would Coco Do? And you can just ask random questions about dating. And I always think your answers are so spot on, funny, so authentic, and just real. And I appreciate it. So I actually want to go through some of the questions that I've seen. And I want to know what would Coco do? (laughs) Okay, so people are dying to know, know what would Coco do? So let's talk about the dating one on one with Coco. All right, courting. Does courting still exist? Do men still try to make an effort to date? I think they should. I just don't see any other way of dating. I'm just very confused. Like, what do you do? If you don't show any interest in a woman, what she should just give herself to you. If somebody is not courting somebody, that's weird for me. I I don't know how to explain this exactly, but that's the only way dating should be. You need to show a woman that you are worthy of her time because women decide who they're going to be with. Guys are with whoever they could be. So it's courting should definitely exist. And I feel like that's where my European side comes through because in, you know, in Europe, men are going above and beyond, at least they did when I was living there to, you know, get that woman that they want and they would do whatever it takes and, you know, sending flowers and taking them out to dinners and stuff. And I just, when I see the, the minimum effort men put in nowadays and women are okay with that and accepting it, I'm just thinking, well, you can't really complain. Because that's why it's still that, happening. That's that's what you are allowing. You can't really be like, well, he's not Preach. doing anything for me. Well, you're not asking for anything. And you're, you're totally okay with this minimum low effort behavior. And then you're just complaining to your girlfriends. I feel like a kid in a candy store over here. And I'm like, <laughs> me next, me next. I want to say something. Because it's so true. Oh, my God. Yes. Thank you so much. Because I feel like, and I've said this on my previous podcast, women are part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Truly. A, a thousand percent. And 100%. I, so when I posted this most viral video, the coffee walk date, a lot of women were telling me that I'm asking for too much. I'm like, okay, so why do you care? It's me who is asking. Okay. Yeah. I did say you should do too, but I really feel if you value yourself, if you value your time, you should go on a date with a guy who's ready to take you out, to show you something, to impress you. Why would I go on a date with, I mean, obviously I'm in a relationship now, but why would I waste my time to just go on random dates with random dudes who don't have anything better to do? And when guys are taking you on a coffee walk date, they are interviewing you. They're dating so many women at the same time. They don't want to put in the money. They don't want to put in the effort. And if a guy cannot treat you for a $50 meal, then, I mean, if that's okay with you, then that's your life. 
But if you want a guy who's really going to stand up for you, who's going to be your partner, who's going to try to, you know, show you that he is the man you should be with, then he should step up. I agree 100% because for me, my time is valuable. So if I'm giving you my time, I feel like I am deserving of dinner. I don't want to go for a walk, especially when it's 90 fucking degrees outside. (laughs) Like I don't want to just like you said, I'm not a dog to be walked. If I'm giving you my time, which is valuable because I got other shit going on in my life, then I do have those expectations of you putting in the effort that means planning the date or, you know, putting an effort to court me, calling me, making an effort to actually get to know me. not doing the bare minimum bullshit. So when we're talking about courting, what are some of the do's and the don'ts in the beginning of dating? Like if somebody's trying to get to know you, or if they want to go out with you, or maybe they're trying to date you, when are some of the green flags? And what are some of the, the red flags? For me, the only acceptable date is a dinner date. And people are like, Oh, you just want a free meal. I'm like, honey, I can I can pay for my own meal. It's not that I think that when you go on a dinner date, it just shows so, so much about a guy. In that video, I also said, I want to see if you hold your chopsticks correctly, um, if you're going to pick me up. So people were like, oh, well, you're going to judge a guy based on the way he holds his chopsticks. And this is what I say. So if you're in a relationship, down the line, there's going to be all these silly little annoying things that you don't like about your partner. Maybe he doesn't... um, that toilet seat he doesn't put the whatever you how do you call that the toilet seat lid the lid (laughs) he doesn't close the lid or he um i don't know he always leaves the i don't know like there's a lot of things in a relationship that starts annoying you at some point Mm -hmm. and i'm a really big foodie and i love to go out to eat and if my guy doesn't have basic table manners it's a huge turnoff for me I used to work in restaurants. I, I I was serving tables. I was a bartender. I was I was everything in a restaurant. So I'm and I was in a high end steakhouse at some point. So I was really they really taught me what is table manners. So if a guy doesn't know how to hold his chopsticks, well, why don't you learn? Like you're you're whatever thirty something years old. Like you should know how to do that if you're taking me to a whatever Japanese restaurant or something. How you treat the staff and how do you treat people? That's who are, a big one. How you treating people that are below you or how you. Mm-hmm. Are you flirting with the hostess? Are you a generous tipper? I think you can find out everything about a person on a dinner date. You can see what they order. You can see if they're generous. Like if if a guy is showing you the cheapest appetizer on the list, you know, he's a cheap guy. I mean, I'm sorry. It's an interview because I I do the same thing. So if I'm out to dinner with somebody, if you are mistreating the staff, that tells me about your character. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to tip, I try not to judge, but it tells me I'm like, okay, so were you not taught how to tip? Do you not care about the well-being or tipping other people? You know, so I do pay attention to those things too. And I think that's a really good point. I dated a guy for six months and he chewed with his mouth open. Oh and I'm God. like, I, I, I can't, I so can't do it. I, that's what I was, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like, down the line, this is going to annoy you. On the first date, you're going to see if he takes you to dinner, you're going to see that. If you go for a walk, you're just going to see what he wants you to see. Yeah, he's going to show you his best face. But if you go to a restaurant, you can really see everything in that one or two hours. And then people are telling me, well, I don't want to go to a restaurant with a stranger, blah, blah. Well, my big thing is I don't believe in blind dates. Obviously, I was in dating apps at some point when I was single, but I feel like dating apps obviously can be beneficial. Like my brother found his fiance on Tinder. So I know there's success stories. But personally, for me, I would rather be home watching TV, having a face mask, chatting with my girlfriends or like just not doing anything mm-hmm. and having quality time with myself i would it's never energy. go on a date just to go on a date i feel like that's Same. i really have to say i feel like a lot of women today are just dating around putting their time and energy and everything out there just because they're so bored or they just they're so i don't want to say desperate to find a boyfriend but they are dating they, to date yeah they, they, they date. feel like their time is coming and that's that's a, that's a big issue today because i feel like if you're 30 and you're not married people look at you as this old lady spinster which is like the, most of the negative comments on my tiktok was like oh you're gonna die alone with cats i'm like okay so was was that you what do you care i have two <laughs> <laughs> i i have two dogs so i mean like but people are just very very quick to judge what people want for themselves but if this is my standard and this is the way 
I want to be treated. That's not like you're, you, that's not your problem. Exactly. Exactly. So be it. And I, I'm, I'm the same way. So for me, I don't just date to date. If I'm going to give you my energy is really sacred. And I don't want to expense my energy to just like randoms, you know, if like for me, if I go on a date with you, it's because I've already I've talked to you, I've probably FaceTimed you, I have some type of interest in you, or I've met you in person, there's some level of interest that's already there. I can't just go on a date just to show up and see what happens because it's such a waste of fucking energy for yeah. me. I don't understand women who have who go on like so many random blind dates and you get ready for, you waste two hours to get ready then you go to this date and it's just weird i always tell girls like try to meet a guy in real life and they say well where well how do people meet before how did our parents meet how do people date before you can meet anybody you can meet somebody in a coffee shop you can you can meet your partner literally on the street. So don't tell me you can't meet like people in real life. It's convenience. I think yeah. we live in a generation of instant gratification and, you know, we're a swipe left, swipe right generation. So I think that's part of the reason why dating has become so difficult. So when you're on a first date, you know, speaking of first dates, who do you think should pay? Obviously a guy. No question. I, 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 I can't even, I can't even, when a girl tells me that she's going to go Dutch, because she doesn't want to owe anything to anyone, I just don't even bother. I can't even explain. If you think you're not worthy of a meal, that's a you problem. You don't owe anybody anything because they bought you a plate of food. 100%. I've had a lot of people say the same thing. Well, I don't want them to feel like I owe them anything. I'm like, you don't owe them shit. You just gave them your time. Like your time is valuable. You spent time getting ready. You're spending time actually going on the date. Your time is extremely valuable. That in itself is worthy of whether it's $50 or $200 for the date. And if they, my opinion, if you can't afford to take me on a date, then you shouldn't be dating. Yeah. I'm sorry. A woman to my caliber, and I say that humbly, but I know what you I bring not to be, the table. You should not be humble about that. I think that women today, they don't want to own what they are. Like mm -hmm. I'm a fucking queen and you are a fucking queen and I don't have a problem saying that. And if a guy doesn't, it's not ready to take that energy from me, that's on you. I love it. I love it. And that's so real. That's why I follow this girl because it's so real. It's like, you know, it's like the humble part of me is like, yeah, I'm humble. But the other part of me is like, you are a fucking queen yeah. and you deserve a dinner. You know what? I, I feel like women are very hypocritical when it comes to this. Oh, I don't want him to pay for me. Everybody likes to be treated on a dinner. Like stop saying that you don't want to be treated for a dinner unless you have zero interest in the guy but what we we're saying before don't go on a date if you're not interested in him mm. why do you go on a date with a dude who has a fish photo on his dinner or something i can't do the fish yeah <laughs> we've talked about this on my podcast before that i've i've never really understood the whole fish concept men please stop putting fish please, on your tinder please no we, more fish photos and no more flip-flops we don't oh we're gonna we, we need to get into the flip-flop thing okay so on your reels on your tiktok and on your instagram you posted a reel about stop putting flip-flops on and it went viral so what's the stance with flip-flops why don't you like them i just feel flip-flops are so ugly on men i mean women have those cute ones but men are it doesn't have any there's no fashion in there just get a slide just get like simple black slides just so slides are good slides are fine just don't wear flip i know i know you go to like guys go to the beach too i get it but like just don't wear those don't wear flip-flops first of all men rarely go for pedicures which should be changed and Facts. they just don't take care of their feet and they're just flip-flops are not a vibe did you notice it more when you came to florida i think so and I also think that it's very weird when guys show up to the beach in like sneakers. So just find like a happy medium. Agreed. I do agree with that. So when I moved to Florida, when I was a teenager, before I went into the military, and then I came back after I got out of the military, but I noticed that too, there would be a lot of guys that would come to the beach with jeans on sneakers. Oh I'm like, Ew. bro, what are you doing? It's 95 degrees outside. You're at the beach. Like, why are you wearing sneakers? Like, this is not, this is not the hood. This is not New York. Like, just, just be comfortable. I can understand flip-flops at the beach, but I do agree with you. I don't mind the occasional flip-flop, but I feel like your toes have to be pedicured. You should at least keep them a little appropriate. I never saw an outfit that has a pair of flip-flops on that looks good on a guy. I have to agree. I would love, <laughs> if anybody has a photo of a hot looking pair of flip-flops, I would love to see that. I agree. I agree. Okay. So if you're with a guy though, and 
you want to be spoiled. So I know you mentioned you're in a relationship Mm -hmm. and let's say you want your man to buy you something. Cause I think that's a, it's a question that's gotten brought up before with Mm -hmm. your, what would Coco do? So let's say there's someone listening and they're dating somebody or they are in a relationship and they want their man to buy them something nice. How do you approach that without coming off the wrong way? If you want your man to buy you a purse or something, you know, fancy. You have to be really upfront with what kind of relationship you expect and what you want from your partner. And there's this quiz, five love languages. And if one of your love languages is receiving or giving gifts, that means that's a big part of who you are and how you feel and receive love. It doesn't have to be a $4,000 bag. It can be a $50, whatever. You know, it's it's not about the money. And people constantly, I feel like people have this idea that I'm just like, I am bougie, but I'm also very, very, very down to earth. And... It's like you have to ask for what you want because men are not mind readers. And a lot of women are telling me, well, if he doesn't know what I need, then he shouldn't be. No, that's not true. Men don't always know what you need and what you want. And like, why are you afraid to say that? I feel there's a way to say what you want. You shouldn't act entitled and demanding, but you should explain I really feel loved when I get flowers and I feel loved when I get a bag for my birthday or I, I, that means a lot to me. You just need to ask for what you want. It's communication. I agree. I think that you're spot on and communication. I always tell my clients, communication is never going to steer you wrong. And that's a hard lesson that I've learned as I've gotten older, because I used to be more of like, well, I don't want to step on his toes. I don't want to scare him off. I don't want to do this. But I have found that just communicating what I want and what I need in the relationship is the best. And if that's a bag, if your love language is gifts, then do the love languages test in the beginning. Let them know like, hey, my love language is gifts or my love languages is physical touch or words of affirmation. Like for me, I'm words of affirmation and quality time. Mm -hmm. If you can't give me your time and you can't communicate to me, it's not going to work. But I know for others, maybe the love language is gifts. I have a friend. She does like the gifts. And it's not that she... It doesn't have to be expensive. Right. It can be a chocolate. It can can be be anything. A picture that's framed. And to her, having that that you went through the time to pick out the gift, that you were thoughtful enough to think that, okay, let me get a gift for my partner. That was enough to say like, okay, that triggered that love, that you thought about me enough to get this for me. And so for some, that might be their love language. You know, you just said something very interesting that I want to comment. You said, um, I don't want to scare him off. I think that if you cannot be open with your partner, no matter what it is, if, if you say something and it does scare him off, he's not your guy. Because if I need something, if I tell my boyfriend, I really need you to, I don't know, hug me for an hour. <laughs> if he doesn't have the capacity to do that, he's not my guy. Luckily, my guy does hug me for an hour if I need that. But good, good. I just feel that a lot of women are scared of saying what they want because they are scared. The guy's just going to think they're too needy. But if, if your needs are too much for him, he's just not your guy. And that's something that I always say. I mean, well-known saying like, if I'm too much, go find less. But I really, really mean that. Women are complicated and you need to find somebody who's going to be, you're going to be compatible with somebody. My entire life, my mom told me finding the right partner is the most important thing in life. It's, it's either going to make you or break you because you're building your life with that person. I agree. I agree. And you're building a family with that person potentially too. And I think that's amazing what you said about, you know, It is a common phrase, but if you don't want me, go find less. Like if I'm too much, go find less. And I think that being your most authentic self can never fail. And I've been that person who has been anxious about saying what I want because I was afraid that it would be too much or that I might come off to be too much too soon. But now that I'm older, in hindsight, you know, I've always regretted not saying exactly what I want in a relationship. And now that I do... If it does scare somebody off, I just he didn't just waste my time. Yeah, he just went away. That was that was that great. Was it. He just eliminated himself very exactly. easily. Yeah. And I and I created space for someone else that could potentially give me what I need and be someone healthy in my relationship. So I want to talk about sex because I feel like sex is a very taboo topic that a lot of women maybe have a hard time with in terms of like, when's the right time to have sex? Is sex on the first date appropriate? Do you give the wrong message when you have sex on the first date? What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's a very touchy topic, but I think that you can have sex whenever you want because you both are grown adults. If you want to sleep with somebody, you should be able to do that with no judgment. And if he's going to judge you for doing that, then he just, he's not for you. He just wanted to sleep with you and 
you know, get rid of you. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, if she's going to put out on the first day, then she's not worthy. She's doing that with everybody. Well, that's not true because she felt something with you and she wanted to be with you. If you are going to judge a woman because she slept with you, then why did you sleep with her in the first place? I agree. doesn't make any sense to me. I think there's a stigma when it comes to men having sex and women having sex. And I just did a podcast episode with Dr. Kate Balistrieri. I love that. I was listening to it. Amazing. And she's she's an awesome sex therapist. And, you know, she said something that really stuck out to me is that we, you know, we have this stigma of what's appropriate for sex. And if it's if it feels good for you, then there's no issue. Don't worry about what other people think if it's too much sex. It's only a problem if it's a problem with your functioning, if it's affecting your relationships or your job. But if you're doing it safely and there's not an issue for you, then you do you. I have found, me personally, that when I have had sex like on – I've had sex on the first date before. Um, I've had sex – I waited six months to have sex with somebody mm-hmm. – And for me, it's all about connection. Like Mm -hmm. if I feel an energetic connection and it's there and it feels right as adults, then, you know, for me, it's always been because I have that connection with someone and I'm into someone. Now, whether they become an asshole is out of my control, right? The Mm -hmm. only thing I've ever regretted is that sometimes people will always show you who they want you to see in the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes I think when we're sensitive and for us, maybe it can be more intimate and for someone else, it can possibly be more physical. People are good liars nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. You can't predict that. So I feel mm-hmm. like even if you do have sex with someone on the first date and they turn out to be an asshole, that's not your fault. But if you find that it's happening over and over again, you, know, you might want to give it some time. Yeah. And I think I have a lot of guy friends now because my boyfriend has a big male friend group. And Any single ones? Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll mm-hmm. talk after. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll figure it. I'll organize them. <laughs> Um, basically what they say is somebody's going to date you if they like you as a person. Okay. A guy invites you out and you sit at this restaurant, whatever. In the first 10 minutes, he decides maybe even five, whether or not you're going to be his fuck buddy or his one night stand or literally nothing or his girlfriend or whatever. They know what they want and when they go after it. So I'm not saying that men have the older control, but they kind of know already, okay, uh, things can change down the line. Like when you get into, you know, if you're seeing somebody for a longer time, you didn't want a relationship, but it happened, whatever. Like there's exceptions for everything. But I just feel that men know whether or not they're gonna just hook up with you or they're gonna date you. I agree. I, I think so too. And, you know, I can't speak for all men, just like we can't speak for all women. But I think if you're two consensual adults and you're feeling it in the moment, you know, if it's not a problem for you, there's no rules to how much sex is okay and not okay. Fuck the stigmas. You decide what you want within your life. And so I think that's great advice. So what about, I've seen this on your reels many times with people asking, what if a man just constantly texts, doesn't Mm -hmm. pick up the phone and only wants to text somebody? Do you think that that man is interested or do you think they're playing games? He could be interested, but that can just be his way of communicating. But if you want to be with this person and you would like to get a phone call, you need to tell him that. So if you tell him, hello, sir, I would like for you to call me every day instead of just texting me. And if you say that once or twice and he doesn't do that, he just doesn't want to put his energy towards you. I feel like that's a a problem. If a guy wants you and he, he, there has to be a compromise and people are very black and white nowadays. It's not just black. Like it, we're, we have different needs. So if I need my guy to call me, he's gonna at least try to do that for me. If he doesn't even try to do that for me, that he's not, he's not your person. Yeah. I feel like that's a problem. And I think that men are lazy. They're so so lazy. lazy They're so selfish. And you can tell him. Can you text me? Can you call me? And they don't do that. And they're just... My engineer is over here cracking a smile because I know he's I know he's got things to say on this. Cause is he lazy? <laughs> no, no. He, we've had this conversation before. and But I do... I think that men are lazy. They just don't put in the effort when it comes to getting to know somebody, calling, pick up the fucking phone, just have one... Co- send me a voice note, anything. Yeah. Like I've even sent voice notes before because it's more personal, mm-hmm. but it's not at least... I'm, I'm not going to call you. You need mm-hmm. to call me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But then they'll just text me back. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I sent you a voice note for a reason yeah. so you can hear my voice so it can be a little bit more personal and you still won't send it to me. And I get not everybody is like big on the phone, but 
come on, man. Like just this texting yeah, shit. Yeah, you, you don't have to be big on the phone, but you, if, if your woman tells you that she would like for phone call, you should do that. And I think jumping back to what we were talking before about dating and stuff and women go on blind dates, I think instead of going on a blind date with somebody you just randomly met on a dating app and texted like, three seconds you should have a few facetime conversations to see if there's any type of vibe and i also have to say that girls have to stop over editing their photos because i hear this from so many guys that girls just don't look anything like their photos and that's one of the reasons why i stopped using filters on instagram obviously i have i have my own two filters but you can definitely see when i'm wearing a filter when i'm not wearing a filter and we just have to show who we really are it's very upsetting when you know i'm hanging out with my boyfriend's friends they're like well this girl showed up and she did not look anything like she did on her photos and i was just completely turned off immediately and the girl gets upset because this happened well you are not showing who you really are just stop over editing your photos like you can do a little pimple here and there like tuck in your stomach or whatever but don't give yourself a double d if you're flat we're in a filter generation. We do. We live in a filter generation. And it's it's women and men and um, beards can do a lot. Beards and hats can do a lot. But we do. We live in a very filter generation where filters are the norms. Um, editing is, I mean, there's it's so realistic now. And then you have women who, and I'm just saying women, but there's women and men, but you have a lot of women who look at these platforms when they see fitness models or they see these women in the industry who have filters, who they don't know what types of surgeries they've had. They don't know if they're filtering the photo or how much they've dieted for that one photo shoot or that one picture. And they think that they need to look like that. And it's like, we live in this filtered generation and this generation of what I call junk values. We value those because those are the pictures and the videos that are getting the likes mm -hmm. and the most comments and the most attention. And when we're seeing those things and when we're getting those likes, we're getting those dopamine kicks. Mm -hmm. So it's like all those reward neurotransmitters that are telling us, yes, good job. That's what we get when we're getting all these likes and comments. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like this double-edged sword of, I want to be my authentic self, but then the way that I'm going to get likes and comments is going to be filtering my photo. And I'm not saying that I've, I do this, but I've been the person who did this in the past. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really value about your platform is how authentic you are. I've seen you without filters. I've seen you without good lighting. I've seen you, in, I, I'm looking at you in person and you look exactly how I see you on your platform. And so I so appreciate that. And the reason I appreciate that is not necessarily because of, you know, men or just being your authentic self. It's more so because I think we need more of that for women who think they need to look a certain way because that's what society tells them that they need to look like. And that's the problem that I have with social media. So I think with dating, I totally can understand, you know, meeting somebody and them not looking like their pictures. And on the other hand, I feel like it's a bigger problem with social media and society and, and women having these body image issues and thinking they need to look a certain way in order to date, in order to get the value that they feel. It's very unrealistic standards. Very unrealistic. I mean, I even see myself sometimes zooming into somebody's bikini pic and I see, you know, all the lines in the back crooked and I know they're editing the photo, but I'm still, oh, look at her abs. And I know they're not real, but you kind of still think they're real. A lot of people ask me, you know, about their diets and how can they look better. I just explain to my followers that it's all about the angle, the lighting, the outfit. And I showed on so many videos that I suck in my stomach and I stand in one way and I look There's 10, more 10 to pounds it. lighter and heavier and it's 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 a really big problem and i have to say i'm very happy that i did not grow up now because i feel that for teenagers who are so easily affected by this fake image it's a very hard it's a very cruel place to grow up it in. is coming from somebody who has a teenage daughter it is very, very hard growing up in this society. And, you know, I try really hard to have those conversations with my daughter to, you know, encourage her to be authentic, to show her that, hey, not everything you see online is realistic, but it's hard. She's growing up in a TikTok generation. TikTok is cruel. It I is. never received that many hater comments than I did on TikTok. And thank God I'm 30 and I've had haters since I had my first blog. So like, yeah. I'm used to this. You got thick skin. Yeah, but I mean, I had to, if you want to, be that that's another thing if you want to work in this industry and be under a public eye or whatever you want to call it you have to have thick mm -hmm. skin and you can't have opinions of these random strangers affect you that much because why 
why do you care about their opinion more than your own? So if you think you're hot and you're great and you're fantastic and whatever, like why do you care that this random troll user 795 then is telling you you're ugly? And I remember when this video went viral, I was getting so many comments, positive and negative, obviously negative or more noticeable. And at some point I, I was so, so, so overwhelmed. I forget who was with me, a friend was with me and I gave my friend my phone and I laid on the floor. And I was just like, I just need a minute. And I was like, 20 minutes I was laying on the floor because I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I just can't even imagine growing up in this age and being like Addison Rae or Charlie Dixie Amelio. And they, I mean, I watched their Hulu documentary and all about mental health and stuff. And this is really a big, big problem. Like people are committing suicide because of the amount of likes. And it's, I mean, this is such a broad topic, but it's- It's important though. People, people, people are valuing people it. People on TikTok are just very cruel, but we have to keep in mind, those are just random people behind a keyboard. They they would never say this to your face. There's a level of autonomy behind a keyboard. And that's, it, it's a it's a great point. And, you know, um, I listened to a podcast uh, by Stephen Bartlett. It's called Diary of a CEO. And there's one thing that I, I noticed. There was a podcast that he was talking about social media because um, he, he started a company called Social Chain. And it was a huge, huge social media platform in the UK. And so he was one of the youngest made millionaires. But he was talking about how there's an easy solution to this is, you know, if you make everybody put in their information in terms of who they are when they go onto an online platform, like if you are to enter the World Wide Web, you have to put your address, your name and for everyone to see it. Mm -hmm. They can click on that and they know if you made a comment, they know where you work, who you are, your identity, just like you could potentially in person. Mm -hmm. Problem solved because 99% of those people would not say half of the things that they do because their autonomy yeah. disappears. And they know that what they're doing is wrong. That's why they're hiding behind a keyboard. And that's why they're not putting their profiles. And so many times I get upset or, or I get offended, but I'm like, I mean, I, I don't care really. I get offended at that moment. I mean, imagine if you're having a bad day and you're just like feeling really down and you go on TikTok and you see 50 people write that you're a gold digging, whatever. And I'm like, I, I'm really not. Like, yeah, I like nice things, but I've been working since I'm 16 and I'm definitely not a gold digger. Yes, I like nice things and I don't, I'm not ashamed to say that. And I buy myself nice things and I have my boyfriend buy me. Like, there's like, it's just very hard to be in front of the public eye sometimes and you can't please everybody. And they're judging you based off of their own insecurities, their own insecurities, what they see, what they think they see, but they don't know you. And that's the thing, too, that I've learned is like people we, we show people who we want them. You know, they yeah. I, I can show you my happy self. I don't have to show you everything. I'm showing you what I want you to see. And they're going to yeah. you're going to base your opinion based off of you know, what you see, your own upbringings, your own insecurities. And that's their problem. But unfortunately, that's how it works. And, and it's sad. But I'm so glad that you're talking about this and being forward with this because I think your platform is really setting the standard with how other platforms I think should be. And that's being authentic, saying, hey, yes, I use filters sometimes, but I don't always either. And one thing I really, really love about you and your platform and what drew me to your page is how open you were with fillers. <laughs> I love that you are so open with that because I've dated guys in the past that are like, oh, don't do that stuff. Like, you don't need that. I'm like, yeah, because okay, I get them. Like, I've already, you don't need Botox. Well, I've, I, you like what you see. Yeah, yeah I've been getting it for five years. Yeah. You're five years too late. Um, I love how open you are with that. So what are your thoughts on fillers? And if someone wants to get them and, and what if someone's boyfriend or significant other says, I don't want you getting them? Or how does somebody say to their boyfriend, should they tell their boyfriend, hey, I get them? I think you can tell your boyfriend if you're good. I mean, this is none of his concern. This is your body. Like if your boyfriend tells you that you shouldn't dye your hair blonde, like you're going to listen to him? No. So why would you listen to him about your Botox and fillers? Obviously, everything has to be in good taste. That's, I mean, I agreed. I remember when I told my brother that I'm going to do Botox, he's like, no, no, you're going to be so weird. I'm like, no, I won't because you know who I am. Mm -hmm. People can create an addiction and it can go overboard and people, wrong things can happen which did happen with my fillers. And that's what um, I started posting. I like, dissolved my lip fillers because they migrated, which can happen. Like if you're getting fillers for, I was getting them for like five years with different people, different technique, different formula, just things can happen. It's, it's not a, you know, it's a treatment still. So I dissolved my lip fillers and I put them in again. And then I also did like a whole Botox series because I just want girls who are gonna, the thing is Botox and fillers are not going anywhere. 
and they need somebody they can trust and where they can see what's really going on. And I have no filter when it comes to, yeah, I, I have my Botox around my eyes, my 11s, my this, my that, like I tried it all and I love to try it all because I, I really generally enjoy those type of things like beauty treatments. So I'm happy to try it and tell girls how they can, you know, what's the pros and cons about everything. And I just don't understand this stigma about like, oh, you're getting both. Like, why are people lying? Like I, I love JLo, but I'm sorry you're not using olive oil on your skin. 100%. She's had fillers. She's had preventative Botox. She's had some fat transfer. Hundred percent. Just like why we see your photos before and after. 100%. Why are you lying? You look ridiculous lying about it. It just doesn't make sense to me. And you're you have kids too. I mean, you see people like Cher though, who's completely open about it, but then she gets shit for being open about it. Like, yeah, she's had a facelift, she's had fat transfers, and she looks amazing. She's seventy five and yeah. looks amazing. I think that Hollywood has portrayed kind of like a poor negative image of what fillers and plastic surgery can be. But there are a lot of people who get it, who it's in very good taste, and you probably would even know yeah. i've had fillers i've been getting preventative botox since i was like 29 or 30 i'm, I'm almost 37 mm -hmm. and if i didn't get it would i have some fine lines and wrinkles potentially i do really good skincare i do a lot of other stuff as well but i think it can be really empowering and really beneficial for anti-aging and i'm so so happy that you are just out there with your platform to say yes i get it and here's what went wrong with me here's what went right with me and here's what will work for I you i also just want girls to know if something happens like when i got my lips dissolved i bruised a lot and some people would probably be scared but i just know my skin and i'm very sensitive and i'm fair and it was just not a big surprise to me personally but a lot of people like whoa this is something weird you should go to the doctor i'm like i got i was just at a doctor so it's fine but they just need to know all the things that can happen because I even go to these plastic surgeons uh, pages and stuff. Nobody really talks about the negative sides because obviously they don't want to talk negative about their business, but you need to tell people what could happen. So that's why I'm like, okay, if, if they don't want to tell you, I'll tell you. There's always risk. And I, I'm just glad that you're just very out there and just very like transparent because you're a beautiful girl and you're beautiful with filler. You're beautiful just who you are. And, and the thing is about fillers and Botox, those things are not supposed to change who you are yeah. or how you look. It just enhances maybe things that you've lost or things that you maybe lose as you get older because we lose fat as we get older. Sometimes it's genetics and sometimes we just want to enhance certain areas of yourself and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so, I don't know what's about what's up with this shaming. If I want to change something on my body, what what is that? how does that impact your life? If I want to get my my boobs done or my whatever I want to get done. What does that, what does that have to do with you? A hundred percent. And I've always been very, very open, you know, with people that I'm around people. I, I literally just, I just got a rhinoplasty, just mm -hmm. got it done. And I'm Looks six, fantastic. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm six weeks post-op and I've and the people that I have had that are close to me, not all of them, but some of them are like, why? Like, you don't need it. Like, because I wanted it. Yeah. I, I personally, it was a personal decision to me and I want it, but you were fine before and I'm fine after. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad that you can't see a big difference. I noticed the difference. It was mm -hmm. a very personal decision for me. And it's something I'm really happy that I did it, but it's something that I wanted done. Yeah, you don't need to curl your hair. You don't need to color your hair. You don't need to put makeup on, but you still do it because you feel better. And we should do whatever we want to do as long as it's not hurting me personally or somebody else so why like you know i just i'm just never gonna understand and it's i know it's easy for me to say because this is what i truly believe but i really don't understand why do people care so much what everybody thinks i really don't know because if you think that you look great right now with your nose surgery or whatever like if you think you look fantastic why do you care about your neighbor who maybe doesn't think so like you should trust your own judgment like you are your own person you're born alone you're gonna whatever. do you think that because you're so transparent you get more shit on your social media I just don't care if I do get it. I mean, if I see negative comments, I, I first off, I like to reply to trolls because number one, it helps with the engagement. And, <laughs> and they just get really angry when I like talk back or when I say something. But at the same time, they're just talking shit for the attention. And I'm very well aware of that. I mean, I studied journalism. I know what works. And I know all the things that I'm posting, they are purposely provocative or entertaining or something. Like you need to give people something. So that's like half of, a lot of my videos are 
a little more dramatic than I am in real life, but I am actually, I'm dramatic. Too, really. <laughs> it, 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 and it's part, it's part of your platform. Yeah. So I get it. What advice would you give to your younger self? If you could look back at your 20, 21 year old self, even when you were 19, what advice would you give to Coco? I would tell myself like your 20s are the time when you need to explore who you are. You need to try everything. Don't think that you need to be a CEO by the age of 30 or something. If it happens, fantastic, but it, you know, probably won't. But you should just try things. You should learn who you are. I feel like now when I'm 30, finally, now I know who I am and what I want and what I want for my partner, what I want for my career, my family, my friends. I have really high standards for myself personally and for people around me. I just think that most of your problems in your 20s are not not worth it. Don't stress about it that much. And things are going to work out the way it's supposed to work out because it's so funny when I look back, some jobs that I hated or some people that I didn't want in my life literally led me where I am right now. So for example, my restaurant job. I didn't really want to work in a restaurant, but you know, I had no option at the time. But now that taught me how to talk to different people. So if you have a table of, let's say, five guys with a corporate card, you know how to approach them. If you have a table with a mother and a daughter on like her birthday, you know how to approach them. If you have a table with, I don't know, a girl's night out, like you need to know how to talk to people. And you also need to know how to react when you talk to somebody and they're really rude to you. Because down the line, when you're going to be in, um, in a more serious role, people are going to be rude to you. Honestly, I feel working in a restaurant is the best school of life. And no matter how rich I'm going to be one day, which I will be. Manifest. <laughs> manifest. I will. I hope I'm going to send my kids to like work at a restaurant at least. Like there's a special kind of work ethic that you get in a restaurant. And you need to take so much shit from other people. And people are just going to lie to you. Like people are sending their food back. And like, you know, all those weird stuff people do. It's kind of like preparing you for real life. But to my point is like that all the things that I didn't want to do kind of build me as a person who I am now. I worked in a, a restaurant for a long time too. I was a server. So I 100% agree with that. It prepares you for dealing with different types of people. So I want people to be able to follow you. What are you doing these days? And if somebody is listening right now and they're like, I got to go follow this girl, <laughs> where can they find you? So I'm very active on my Instagram and TikTok, trying to relive my YouTube career, but let's see how that's going to happen. It's Coco Beauty. My name is the same throughout all the platforms. So yeah, that's where you're going to find me. And I'm going to link everything with this episode so everyone can find you. I'm so grateful for you coming on the show. This was an awesome conversation. I'm so glad we got to meet in person. I'm like super hyped about this. I'm so, so happy. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so humbled. Thank you. Thank you very much. And to everyone, <laughs> thank you so much. If you resonate with this episode, please subscribe and rate and send it to somebody who you think needs some dating advice or just some relationship advice in general. And until next time, see you on the next episode of Diary of an Empath.